I got a cough. Okay, you got the marker? Yep. <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> I didn't save the cough until after the marker started. I don't know why. That's all good. Yeah. So this week, wh- who went first last week for a song stuck in your head? Was it me or you? I don't remember, but you can go first. Okay, so I'll go first. One of the nice things I know we've talked about is like how you and I are doing this to kind of like reinvigorate each other's passion for music and metal in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Or just kind of like reignite some sparks of some long faded, you know, dying fires of metal artists in the back of our brains, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was going to go into something with burnings, but then it got really dark really fast and we stopped. But (laughs) good thing. So a coworker mentioned this, this band to me because they saw them at Aftershock and mentioned like, oh man, I forgot how good they were. The band is Gojira. And I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't listened to Gojira in a long time. So then I started pulling out, you know, just like the essentials from like Gojira. And I was like, oh, dude, this band hits hard. Like it's been a long time since I've listened to them. So taking a listen to to one of the songs that they have is Flying Whales, which I mean, right off the bat, you're like Flying Whales. You know, I can get on board with that. I told my kids we were going to listen to a song about Flying Whales and they had no idea what to expect. Let's mm-hmm. just say they did not expect this. But I know you're a big fan of, like, mood metal. Yep. Oh, that riff. You know it's building up to something. Yep. You know you're about to lose it. Here we go. Here it comes. Oh, my God. It's like progressive headbanging, right? Like, where you start off, like, small, just kind of moving. And then by the time it drops, you know, like this, this is before dubstep, right? Like, okay, dubstep, mm-hmm. they learned, they, they took all the tricks from, from metal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Building up and dropping the beat, you know? Yes. Yeah. So I, I love Gojira and they are the one band that I hate to say that, like, I don't listen to enough of. And every time I, li- I hear a song by them, I'm just like, this is so good. Like, I need to listen to more of them. And then I always end up forgetting because I get sidetracked with something else. So... I think this will be my task for next week is to listen to more Gojira. It's like a call to arms, like listen to Gojira again. Yes. Yeah. You know, Gojira kind of falls into the same bucket as like Mastodon for me. Like I forget Mastodon exists for like months at a time. And then like all of a sudden I remember like something happens and I'm like, oh yeah, Mastodon. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah, cool. And there goes three days. Like it's just gone, you know, like listening to the entire discography. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So... (laughs) I just, you know, made you lose three days. So you're welcome. Ah, thanks. Thanks. Looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) What song is stuck in your head? All right. So the band I'm featuring this week that has been stuck in my head is from Minnesota. They're called False. They are a black metal band with a female vocalist. And I was introduced to this band by my wife, which I thought was super rad. They're super, super heavy, super awesome. They've got one section of this song off of their latest album. The song is called A Victual for Our Dead Selves. And the main thing that I'm really impressed with in this band, aside, I mean, altogether, they're just a great cohesive band, but their drumming is absolutely insane. Like, it's just all over the place. And in the section that we're going to feature here, about eight and a half minutes in, they speed up the tempo to get from, like, a slower riff to a faster riff. But the way they speed up, it was completely unexpected for me when I first heard it. And it's just been stuck in my head the entire time. So... We can go ahead and take a listen. Better typical blast beats. Yeah. 
It's like, like it's after this section. Here. You teased it, and I'm like, just, I'm waiting for it now. Yep. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah, getting up into this section, I was just like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah, it's kind of one of the things where, like, everything else kind of fades out, and then... Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, usually, like, this is pushing the limits for me. A, because we're at 8 minutes and 25 seconds in the song. Uh, already, I'm like, come on, what are you, Tool? <laughs> they no, keep it entertaining payoff. throughout, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the key. <laughs> 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 Poor tool. Too many drawing sounds. Oh, man. Man, you know, like, I think there's a blacklist. I, I think there's a definite list of potential band sponsors, right? Where all I have to do is say August Burns Red 18 times in, in an episode. And cool, there we go. And then all we have to do is bash tool 20 times in an episode, and then we'll never get, you know, sponsored by them. <laughs> I was looking forward to all that free wine, but nope. Uh, that's all right. Cool, man. So uh, it's October. Yes, it is. Nearing the end of October. And we talked last time how you have a, a costume for a holiday that occurs in October. Yeah. All Hallow's Eve, right? Yeah. I hate Halloween, so I'm not really doing anything. That's just <laughs> me. So this this kind of came up just as a question for me. I'm like, you know, why do I not like Halloween? And are there any aspects of Halloween that I do like? So then I thought about, well, like, what about Halloween movies, right? Like, there's a lot of Halloween movies, and every time I turn on you know, the TV, it's always, like, promoting, like, hey, watch some scary movies. It's Spooktober. Ooh. I was like, oh. So what is your favorite Halloween movie? There are quite a bit to choose from. To be honest, my favorite Halloween movie is Hocus Pocus. Wow. You are a true 90s kid. I am. And I just watched it last night. Okay. Perfect. How about you, man? You got a favorite Halloween movie? So mine is, if I told you, like, I hate Halloween, I don't like it, Halloween is, is not my cup of tea, and you had to tell me, like, okay, well, you have to watch a Halloween movie, what Halloween movie do you think I would choose as a guy who hates Halloween? What would be something that classifies as a Halloween movie, but isn't really a Halloween movie? I want to go with Nightmare Before Christmas. Ding, 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 ding! <laughs> you win! <laughs> That's the one, man. All day, every day. I don't think I've actually seen that movie. So I will have to watch that before the end of the month. You know, it's it's for its time, right? Like being the whole stop motion, clay motion, you know, type thing. It's great. It's a fun watch. And the songs are really good. You know, Danny Elfman, you know, composing a, a lot of, you know, the score. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a good time. I like it. Nice. You know, Danny Elfman, right? The one mm -hmm. thing that we didn't feature, I don't think we ever featured Oingo Boingo on the podcast. Uh... I think I had them on a list and I, I think we missed it. Yeah, I think you had mentioned, I think it was... A few episodes back when we were talking about Father's Day episode or something, and you were talking about some of your mom's favorite music. I remember you mentioning Oingo Boingo, but we, yeah, completely <laughs> missed it when we recorded. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we're professionals, guys. Totally. All right. Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's kind of unconventional, too, right? That's not like a scary Halloween movie. No, because I think, like, I watch so many kind of scary movies throughout the year anyway with my wife that it's not really a big deal when Halloween rolls around. <laughs> but like, I feel like Hocus Pocus is one that is so Halloween-like that you can't really watch it any other time of year. Like, you have to watch it only around Halloween time. That's just me, though. I could watch Nightmare Before Christmas all year round. I think, yeah, that one, 
the way it's set up, like you really can watch that any time of year. Yeah. It's passable as a Halloween movie, so that's what I'm going. <laughs> passable. Yeah. I'm still really excited to see It Chapter 2. I mean, that's like the one weird, scary movie quirk that I have is like I'd want to see that. Okay, don't don't do that. Don't don't make the face in the Skype cam. No. Don't okay, <laughs> I'm gonna pretend I didn't see anything. Listeners are, you know, they're unaffected because we don't do the video feed yet. But okay, well, no, 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 we follow ahead. up another time. Another time, I'll, <laughs> I'll watch the movie and then we'll talk about it. Oh boy, okay. Added to the, all, I, to the all I was gonna say is like I don't like clowns, and I was drugged to the first one. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> that <Well>. was it. <laughs> I like clowns, not, not, <laughs> not. Okay, so for this week, it's been a while since we did a top five, so I figured yeah, let's do a, another top five. Nice. And let's do top five metal keyboardists. Hell yeah. All right. I'm going to be upfront and honest at the top of this section here is that this was really tough for me because I realized looking through my entire catalog that I do not listen to a lot of artists with keyboardists and all the ones that I do listen to were definitely going to be on your list. So there was no way I could feature them. (laughs) We wanted this to just be like two copies of Steve's list. So yeah, uh, I had to reach deep into my kind of like bowels of my collections to to find some stuff that I feel like passed as a keyboardist. So we'll we'll see how this goes. Okie dokie. With that being said, so people forget all about that. Why don't we do your pick first? Okay, I do have a sort of number one for my list. Should I feature that one first or wait till the end? Well, okay, with any good tease, you got to wait till number one is at the end, right? I mean, haven't you learned anything from clicking through BuzzFeed articles? (laughs) Ah, yes. Okay, so I'm not going to go the way I have it listed on the outline then. So one really awesome keyboardist that I like is from the band called Symphony X. His name's Michael Pinella. They've got a ton of albums, so there's a ton of material to choose from here. So off of the album, The Odyssey, a song called The Accolade 2, which is a sort of sequel to the song The Accolade off of the Divine Wings of Tragedy album. About close to five minutes into the song, there's this kind of really long kind of interlude. It goes through a lot of different sections, but I think it really showcases Michael's kind of versatility on the keyboards. Ah, uh, yes. Tickling those ivories. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> no, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit that out. What you just did was wrong. Leave it in. <laughs> Leave it in. <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. It's got this really nice kind of progressive feel. I think they're playing in like 7-8 time or something. But it's got this really, just really good groove. Yeah, you know, like piano groove. Mm-hmm. Thing you don't hear that often. Yeah, I mean, exactly. In metal, in metal, right? Like, mm-hmm. Get some good piano groove going. Get totally. a party. Oh yeah. And this song takes so many different twists and turns. Just like never ending. Yeah, that was that was that was a twist. It's like a horror movie on Halloween. So hey! many twists and turns, <laughs> but always with a with a predictable ending, you know. Yes. Oh, so so going back to the Halloween movie thing, super weird tangent. Yes, I was listening to uh, I want to say it was a TED talk, uh, and they were talking about the concept of the final girl, right? And you've heard of this concept, right? Where in every horror movie, right, there's always like 
a trope of characters, right? And they're very, you know, kind of like template, right? There's the jock, you know, who's very arrogant. There's the nerdy, like quiet guy. There's the nerdy, quiet girl. There's the main final girl is what they call them, right? This is the girl who's going to make it all the way to the end, basically learn some stuff about herself, you know, become masculine enough to overcome the monster and then ends up killing the monster at the end, right? Like it's a very like Mm -hmm. formulaic approach to the horror film genre. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about how that's kind of like degrading in a sense, right? Because they're like, hey, why are we featuring, you know, this, this character, you know, who's feminine at the beginning, doesn't have the skills that she needs to overcome this obstacle and the only way that she can get there is basically by like shedding parts of herself to become a more masculine figure and then gain a weapon towards the end and then finally you know complete the thing i was like dang you know like i know we we take for granted a lot of stuff that's like subliminal messaging in a sense or vision behind certain stories and things like that Mm -hmm. but you know every time i hear something like that i'm like wow you start to you know go back and audit like every single horror film that you watch which lucky for me isn't like too many but I feel like as we're going through like metal, right, you know, you see yeah. there's like this formulaic storytelling, right? And mm-hmm. and I think, you know, if there's anything that we've learned, there's anything but conventional when it comes to metal. Mm-hmm. There's so much variation, so much like twists and turns, right? You have 30 minute songs versus two minute songs versus one and a half minute songs versus a three minute solo versus a solo up front versus all sorts yeah. of different, you know, kind of like story or song structure. Mm-hmm. But don't know if any of the members have to, you know, shed parts of themselves to become something else at the end of the song. Yeah, I don't know. But I do kind of like the the connection you made there and how, like, there is that sort of variation and that unlike, you know, horror films, metal doesn't really follow too many tropes. I think you can maybe say that if you look at metal kind of broadly, that, yeah, there are very similar, I guess, themes, whether you're talking about stylistic themes in the music itself, if you're talking about lyrical themes, kind of moods that's explored, like, yeah, okay, there's pretty common themes throughout. But also, if you take a look closer, you can notice the differences. And that's what we're here to do, is to show you those differences. To show you that, yeah, it's a genre, but it's more than just a genre. So much more than it's just genre. Guys, my ears are up here. My ears are up here. <laughs> Come on. Uh, uh, all right. You want to do one from your list? Yeah, so another off my list, if I'm going, and I'll be honest, I'm going to take a page out of your book, which is I'm doing this in no particular order. So we'll revert back to like early Steve Top Fives where there's no order. It's just yeah. five people. Yeah. So one of the bands that I, that I love to listen to is Protest the Hero. And one of the songs that they have off the album Fortress is called Spoils. And at the end of that song, they have this really kind of like nice uh, piano interlude um, to kind of like fade out into the next song. And I remember listening to it the first time. And this is one of the first albums that I actually listened to at like lossless quality on decent headphones. So you kind of have like, I don't know, I, I it's hard for me to draw a parallel to this, but it's like the first time that you like hear things clearly, right? Mm-hmm. Like once you finally remove distraction from from music and you're just hearing the tones, the way they were, you know, the way they were recorded and it's almost like sanitized and like removed from everything else. Like it does actually transport you into the zone or into the studio or what have you. So a place where you can just truly appreciate what it is. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely one of the first albums that I listened to that was like this. And I think that's maybe why they have this affinity to it. But at the end of spoils, we'll listen to the little uh, piano uh, interlude after the the guitar. I also love Protest the Hero, you know, to begin with, so. Yeah, again, this is another band I need to listen more to, because every single time you show them to me, I'm just like, this is amazing. 
why am I not listening to this band more? And like, it's a pretty simple, you know, little interlude on the, on the piano here. But mm-hmm. I think just at the end of the song that we, you know, you kind of heard was a little intense, right? Mm-hmm. Like having this just as like a almost like intermission, right? Mm-hmm. Between songs, because it comes about halfway through the album. Like, oh, I just I fell in love with this little piece. It's kind of, in a way, like juxtaposing like the sort of harsh, maybe not so natural sound of an electric guitar, right? A real true natural sound of an electric guitar is pretty clean sounding. And, you know, in metal, we're used to hearing it all distorted and mangled up. But then you like have this super clean, natural sounding acoustic piano. Like, that's a really nice kind of, I use juxtaposition a lot, but that's the word I've got is juxtaposing juxtaposition. (laughs) (laughs) comparison there we go i don't know you know Words are hard. Uh, english is is uh is not our strong suit no no so getting away from that topic let's pick another one off of your list i think this would be number four if we're going in your order okay so if we're going up the list here one of the bands that i've been in love with for a very long time is children of bodom and their keyboardist is Yanni Weirman also goes by Yanni Warman, Warman. Off of the album, Follow the Reaper. This would be the title track off of the album, which also happens to be the first track, which is kind of neat. They've got a really, really awesome keyboard solo followed by a guitar solo. But just the way it builds up to the solo itself, the keyboard doubles the lead guitar and everything about it, I just love. And it's just amazing. I love this. I love I this love song. I love it so much too. And Children Bottom has this really awesome thing, you know, where Alexi and you know Warman they'll 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 duel each other at times, and then they'll harmonize each other at times. It's, uh, it's, it's the Finnish way, I think. As we'll see. Oh, okay. Is this a formula? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, after we talked about metal not having formulas. Yeah. <laughs> That's on, like man. my entire list now. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized. <laughs> the moment you realize that you're the final girl. <laughs> oh, yep. 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 Three out of my five, man. Oh. <laughs> it's okay, man. I, I closed my eyes and threw stuff at a dartboard, so we'll be, we'll be solid. <laughs> Oh, oh boy all right well children of bottom though man like i i'll just get this out of the way now so we'll go on to, to my next one and i also chose children of photo because oh my gosh man um listening to this band was the first time i got introduced to like keyboards and metal really soloing keyboards and metal right like because you mm-hmm. had heard keys every once in a while or synths and things like that uh mm-hmm. this is the first time you saw like heavily featured and stealing the show or like being part of the full piece ensemble mm-hmm. so i'm gonna take something kind of off of a little earlier album which is hate breeder and yes. one of the songs that i really enjoy off that album is bed of razors and I remember the first time hearing this song and just wanting to be able to play the guitar riff. And then, you know, in my mind, like, I'm like, oh, Steve could do the keys. I could oh, play the guitar yeah. and we could totally do a cover and it would be like skeletons in the closet, but better. Oh, yeah, it's still possible, man. It is. It is possible. But Better Razors, great song. Here it is. Yes. And again, following the, the final girl formula, final girl finish metal keyboard guitar solo formula, 
is guitar goes first, and then we'll get the keyboard solo. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh, yeah. Get there. Get there. And this is early Children of Bottom 2, right? Like, I think they got a lot more adventures in later albums, too. Album number so, two. Yeah. Oh, man. There's another one that I really enjoy off their first album, because their first album is something wild, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? I mean, it's going to kill me. I feel like it's got a Roman number two in it. Mm. We can look that up after the show. All right, we'll play more Children of Bodom after this. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is the unintentional Children of Bodom episode. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, All right, so so you mentioned un- unintentional Children of Bodom episode. I know everyone can't see the outline, but on this outline, you we usually put the, the tracks that we're going to feature. And it was so hard for me to choose one Children of Bodom song that I have five on my list. <laughs> or, yeah, five, five of them. No, three, there was only four. One. Okay. Not, Two, not as bad. Three, Only four. Four. Okay. But still, still many more than what I have. <laughs> <laughs> still, when you're trying to choose like one song, four is a lot more than one. Yeah. It's, it's it was very tough for me to choose. I, I guess you want to know the really funny thing is I had to narrow it down from like six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, what the, the other funny thing is, are there any overlaps in the ones that I chose too? Or you probably have different um, ones. Bed of Razors was on there. Um, <laughs> but I think that was the only one. Okay. Yeah. Cause most of mine were after we're on a follow the reaper. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to like mix between albums. Cause I'm like, I can't choose all of this one. Yeah. Album. Yeah. For me, the follow the reaper album was heavily influential for me just in general. Like I listened to that album way too much. I'm surprised I didn't like destroy a CD because how much I listened to it, <laughs> but it is gone now. You know, mm. CDs, they were rated for a lot of uh, abuse in listening. So they're a yeah. good long-term storage media. So until someone steals them. Yeah. Anywho. Too soon? Too soon. Yeah, too soon. Um, okay, number so I three. think we're back to me now, right? Mm-hmm. Number three. Okay. So the number three keyboardist on my list is, uh, you know, another Finnish guy from a Finnish band. One of my other favorite bands, Sonata Arctica. The keyboardist's name is Henrik Klingenberg. Off of the album Silence, there's a track called Revantulet. I don't know how you pronounce it. That's just what it's called. It is an instrumental, and they it's a lot of shreddy kind of between keyboards and guitar. That's the entire song. So right off the bat, it just kind of kicks you in the face. Hold on to your butts. Here we go. Is that a Mickey Mouse reference? No, that's Mario, dude. Super Mario. Oh, man. Okay. I'm sorry. Wow. Wow. That's bad coming from the Nintendo Nintendo guy. Yeah, man. So... I, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm all out of my sparkling waters, so I'm having something that's not so sparkling. What is that? This is whiskey. Just straight wow. whiskey. Oh man, you're drinking tonight and I'm not? It's a role reversal, you know? It is. It keeps the relationship fresh. Ah, yes it does. Keeps things exciting. <laughs> yes it does. So I'll blame my, my Mario flub on the Hobbit, the Hobbit drink. I can get on board with that. I like calling it the Hobbit drink, you know, the Hobbit drink, because it's from New Zealand. 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Call back to episode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking to myself, hobbits didn't drink whiskey. They drink ale. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. They clearly said that. <laughs> uh, all right. How about you, man? What's next on your list? So I think this would be number. Well, OK, that's right. No numbers for me, but this would be number three. So middle of the road. OK. So the, the next one that I'm going to feature is from a band called Scar Symmetry. Yes. Off the album Holographic Universe. Hmm. With, okay. Uh, okay. The title, the, the title track, um, Holographic Universe, mm, which okay. I have never featured in this podcast ever before. I mean. No, this looks absolutely brand spanking new. Like, yeah. Yeah. Bam. If right you there. go back a couple episodes, you you definitely will not see this in there. You will when we talk not about, see this no, on no. a playlist somewhere at all. It definitely isn't. No, it's not on any One hundred percent verified. <laughs> Quote unquote. <laughs> so Holographic Universe by Scar Symmetry is a song that I have featured before. It was in our down tuning episode, I believe. And mm-hmm. like I said, when when I had to go find keyboardists. It was very tough for me to do. And I don't even think there's a full-time keyboardist in this band. But mm-hmm. I just remember parts of this song where the synth really stood out to me, right? And it's mm-hmm. not even necessarily like complexity or top talent. It's just mainly composing, right? And how you accentuate certain parts of the song. And I think this song really takes you on the journey. It's a long song for Adam Taste. I mean, so we're going to come in here like around the eight-minute mark. But I really like how just there are little punches here and there with the synth. And, and that's kind of... One of the things that that I I learned to appreciate music is it doesn't have to be shred all the time. It doesn't have to be, you know, like solos and heavy riffage and tons of distortion, right? Like you can add just a couple little notes here and there that really change the feel of a song. So I think that's something that that this band does really well, at least in this song in particular. So we'll take a listen. Like I said, just punchy. Yes. And you're in the odd syncopation anyway, right? So mm-hmm. it, it grounds you a little bit in terms of, you know, not being lost in just this, this silence. Exactly. And I think what's also cool, too, especially with that kind of synth playing, is that you're having this sort of riff, like the syncopated riff underneath, right? That's kind of playing one note or one chord, keeping you really grounded. But then you've got the synths over it that are playing different chords at each stab. So, like, they are, like, playing together, but they're also, like, different at the same time. Like, they're playing different things. I think that's a really cool combination. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So dreamy. <laughs> I mean, it is a hologram. Holographic, right? <sighs> <Yeah>. <sighs> <laughs> pretty much pretty mind much. blown yeah right dude we are nearing the number one but let's get the number twos out of the way all right so to completely go against everything you just said about keeping things simple <laughs> i love it <laughs> i didn't find out about this artist until i don't know i've known about him for a while but i didn't know about this guy until pretty late in the in his career this artist's name is vitali Kupri. I believe he is Ukrainian, some Eastern European. I forget exactly. Been around for a long time. He's got an album called something. High Definition. <laughs> is it off a of High Definition? Okay. I didn't yeah. want to say it was the title track again because I couldn't remember it yeah. in that split moment. <laughs> it is. 
Okay. Ooh, I got two title tracks in one episode. I know. Almost man. at the trifecta, man. Almost. Okay, so that'll be See, a challenge. That's for... a new trifecta, right? We already did the, you know, artist album song one. Now it's got to be like three title tracks in one. Three title tracks. Or we could do a whole episode about just titles, <gasps> like awesome title tracks. Oh, no. Write it down oh. quick All right. before anyone All right. else takes that idea. All right. Well, I'm just going to put it down here. <laughs> episode title tracks. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, so off the album High Definition is the song High Definition. Right at the beginning, the drums kind of bring in the guitars and stuff, and then just get ready for some face meltage. Oh, I hear it. I hear it back there. Did you just shush me? Just listen. He's not tickling those ivories anymore. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No tickling going on here. Wow, dude. Like, there is, there's a lot going on. There is. There's a lot of movement. There's a, there's a lot of finger movement happening right now. Yes. You know how there's that... Oh, who sings that song? Uh, I think it's Alicia Keys, right? Like, This Girl Is On Fire, right? Uh, I think so. I'm not too familiar with stuff that's not metal. <laughs> I mean, okay. Like, I have three girls. Yes. I'll use that as my excuse because they were all born after Alicia Keys. Okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's like that, you know, This Girl Is On Fire. Yeah. That keyboard's on fire. Indeed. All right. What's next on your list, dude? So on my list, we're going to take a trip down to Funny Town and we're going to feature an artist that is not necessarily metal per se. They definitely kind of like lean on the more comedy side of things, but it's Ninja Sex Party. So for those who are familiar with the YouTube channel Game Grumps, they'll know that one of the, the hosts on Game Grumps, his name is Danny, and he has this band called Ninja Sex Party. And the other member of this band is Ninja Brian, which is <laughs> his friend who's a doctorate, has his like postdoc in like physics, I believe. So Really smart dude, and if you talk to him about quantum physics, he'll, like, school you all day long. But he dresses <laughs> up in a ninja suit and doesn't talk the entire time they're, you know, performing. It's great. And he's, like, 40. It's amazing. <laughs> it's nice. what, I, what I aspire to be when I hit 40, you know, to still be able to have the confidence <laughs> to do something like this. Nice. But they, Ninja Brian, he exclusively does keys for the band but he does a lot of the composing and stuff like that too uh, and so does danny but they have a song called danny don't you know which is essentially danny the lead singer singing to his former self saying like hey it's okay that you're awkward you know it's okay that you feel like you don't fit in when you're 35 you're going to be a rock star because they sell out venues now like they have <laughs> tons of fans and they have just a great time so nice this song, Danny, don't you know, they have a music video that goes along with the two with Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. I'm trying to, th I don't know. I'm so bad with people's names. Oh, so. so Finn Wolfhard, he's um, one of the main little, little young kids in Stranger Things. I forget okay. all their names, but yeah. he's the one who, uh, spoiler alert, who um, falls in love with Eleven. Oh, okay. Yep. I know you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he plays young Danny and this song just 
just takes me for a ride. But there's a section where it starts like breaking down and getting a little more like rock centric. Mm-hmm. And then Ninja Brian's just out there like hammering on the keys. It's really funny to watch in the music video. And every time I hear this song, that's all I think of. So that's how I made my keyboard list. And it's really funny how you be listening to this. <laughs> He's a super awesome guy. <laughs> Cries and cries and cries and cries. <laughs> but here, here comes Ninja Brian. Here, you're going to hear him rocking out. <laughs> oh, yeah. But this band is just great comedy band, you know, like... They, they have these stage performances, like, you know, I said... Brian dresses up as a ninja, and Danny dresses up as Danny Sexpang is his stage name. <laughs> and he's in spandex with, like, a cape, and it's, it's, a, it's oh a great Oh, my time. gosh. So, like I said, I was reaching, reaching mm-hmm. for my list, and I had to spend two minutes justifying that, you know, I put this on this podcast, so. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it, I think it fits in really well. You keep bringing up this band, and I think I'm going to have to take a listen to them because I do love me. I think after that comedy metal episode, I've been more wanting to listen to like funny comedy bands. So I'll have to bump this one up on my to listen to list. All right, dude. We, we are there. We are at the number one pick. Yes, we are. It might be pretty obvious for anyone who's been listening to the podcast for at least, say, the last five or ten episodes of who this might be. So we already know that this band is from Finland. So that's pretty, <laughs> that's keeping it pretty narrow. <laughs> so my favorite keyboardist of all time is Jens Johansson from Stradivarius. I can't think of any one musician who has influenced me more in terms of tone, style of playing. This is pretty close up there with like maybe some other guitars, but it's like, they're like neck and neck. They're like, oh, right there. Wow. Yeah. I absolutely love Jens and everything he does and has done. So off of the album Elements Part 1, the song Learning to Fly. Again, there were so many songs to choose from. This one, I think the recording quality on this album is a lot different than their previous albums. I think it's a lot more clear. And that's really kind of what stood out to me. But again, this solo is just just amazing so we'll start it with you know the guitar solo that happens before i'm sorry i brought up the pattern thing sorry i did it i think it's really funny i think it's really funny i didn't realize we were gonna fall into this pit you know like i dug the hole and i'm like hey stay away from this hole and you're like what hole wait why am i in this hole <laughs> it's so dark down here oh Oh yeah, I can I can I can feel that influence. I have spent countless hours trying to mimic this tone. <laughs> I think I've come pretty close. Yeah, it's, I see you pretty bit, pretty much there. Yeah. Jeez, man. There wow. we go. There it is. 
tearing it up. Oh, oh. smokes. It makes my heart sing. It's like you're learning to fly. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Accidental finish metal episode. Pretty much. So rounding out my, my list here, I had to go with something kind of like, I don't know, I don't, don't want to say like unconventional, but I'll say that it's, we had our accidental industrial metal episode last last week mm-hmm. or the last session we recorded. Mm-hmm. So this is a band that I didn't really feature in that episode, mm-hmm. but I figured, oh, hey, great. This is a great little, you know, like give me for this episode. So mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails, which is a band that we didn't mention in the last last episode, Trent Reznor, he, you know, has kind of expanded out outside of Nine Inch Nails and he does, you know, composing and a lot of other things like he did the the score for The Social Network, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's done a couple others, too. They're just not at the top of my my mind right now. But mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails is kind of where he, you know, cut his teeth on, you know, just being out there and being a performer, being an artist and really shaping the way that music is kind of consumed these days. You know, that's always been his mission, right, is to get artists at the forefront and them releasing their products in the way that they want to, not the way that a label tells them to. Mm-hmm. I've always really appreciated his, you know, his vision for for that kind of stuff. He's also a very good looking man, if I uh, if I have to say so. I'm like, oh, I, I, yes. I, I like me some <laughs> some Trent Reznor. <laughs> so keep that in mind. <laughs> oh, right, noted. <laughs> so off the EP "Broken," there's a song called "Wish," and really about halfway through the song, you you'll kind of hear you know some of the synth stuff going on. But if you've ever watched a live performance, especially in the early '90s of Nine Inch Nails, kind of going around like it was destructive to say the least. Like there was a lot of like smacking things while they're still on just to get different tones, and that was part of the performance. Mm-hmm. So I think Wish off the EP is it's not really destruction level stuff yet, but you can still kind of see it. And then you just again you you grow to appreciate just not the complexity of things, you know, like, so really taking kind of like the, the polar opposite of the picky that you just had, but uh, really just how you can leverage sound and tone to create the atmosphere. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling the atmosphere yet? Oh, yeah. I'm just kind of like paying attention to like where that, like how that filter is like being modulated and stuff. So, yeah, it's really cool. I think there's a lot to be said too. Like when it comes to synth playing, it's not always about, you know, the shreddiness of it or how many notes you can fit into, you know, a second, but like what you can actually do with a very simple sound, how you can change it, how you can morph it. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, Trent was really big on, too, was really mixing sounds, right? He he had these synths uh, that he'd always go to, right, just because he could get this sound, the sound that he wanted, out of, like, an analog signal, right? He'd be tweaking with it and mm-hmm. messing with the synthesizer and modulation and filters and this and that, right? Mm-hmm. And it was very much a hours and hours and hours spent, like you did, just trying to create a sound, right? Mm-hmm. A particular sound. And, yeah, it doesn't mean that you're going to hit 80... 8 million notes a second with this sound you're just going to hit the sound hit one note like whoa that is different or that's a unique sound so mm-hmm. yeah again nine inch nails a band i haven't listened to a lot of but i have a number of friends who love nine inch nails so probably have to bump them up a little bit 
it's another one of those bands like I kind of think on the same vein of Tool, right? Like there are people who really, 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 really love Nine Inch Nails, and other people are like, eh, no, not for me. Yeah. All right, man, we did it. We did it. Another top five in the books. Woohoo! We're, we're I think we're slowly running out of top fives. Uh, you know, we could always reach for top five Finnish bands and uh, <laughs> top five okay. title tracks and uh, top uh, okay. five. Uh, synthesizer sounds and I think I think we're good I think this bucket is still pretty deep okay well good to know that we'll always have something to do on the podcast <laughs> we run out of ideas oh it's another top five we are we are nowhere near scraping the bottom of this barrel <laughs> all say. right all right cool all right you put something in wrap-up that I have abstained from opening mainly because the the words themselves intrigue me so mm-hmm. tell me more about metal spiders all right so i like any other adult you know go read news on the internet pretty regularly i'd say at least once or twice a day i kind of check and see you know how far down the tubes uh, the world has gone and i do like to read a lot of science stuff and one article that came across my feed recently was about this biologist who found a bunch of new species of spiders and named a handful of them after metal artists. Most notably, Bruce Dickinson. We've got one named after Klaus Mina from The Scorpions, one named after Rick Allen of Def Leppard, and another named after Andre Matos of Angra. So we metalheads infect so many different areas of society, and this is just super, super awesome that we get to leave a mark like this. Yeah, you, you get to have a scientific, you know, name after a, a metal frontman or uh, a metal artist, right? Which is a pretty big mm-hmm. thing. So, man, I can't even begin to imagine how this is pronounced. But extraordinarius really is like the first is like the pr- the first word, and then Bruce Ickinsoni, I guess, <laughs> is missing the D. <laughs> Extraordinarius Clausmianii is what my speech to text says. Yeah. <laughs> Clausmianii. Man, that's so cool too, right? Can you imagine being a scientist and discovering something? It's like, I get to name this whatever I want. Yep. So the closest I can relate to, to naming something, you know, after a metal artist is I usually name my computers after like a common theme. Like a lot of people mm. do this, right? So they'll say like, oh, my computer is the Death Star or, you know, Rebel Base mm. or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And their Wi-Fi is Hoth or, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So I do that. I'm a pretty nerdy guy. I like to do that. <laughs> so I theme kind of my computer names off of those okay. types of things. So it's not necessarily metal, but it is after Metal Gear Solid. So. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So it's got metal in the name. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, <laughs> it's close enough, right? I mean, all metal is just things named metal yeah so yeah i definitely have a couple servers that are named after factions or organizations or characters in the metal gear solid series nice bringing it back i think we talked about metal gear solid last time didn't we probably oh yeah it was the we were talking about uh that goose game oh yeah metal gear goose <laughs> metal gear goose goose, goose. Me- metal goose solid metal goose yes! solid oh man gave away uh. my position <laughs> Honk. Honk. <laughs> all right nice. man. I, I i know we talked about this in the the beginning of our show you know before we started recording so for all of those who you know tune into the unedited feeds you already know this but we we talked a lot about sloppy joes like a lot about sloppy joes yes 
again, not a big fan of Sloppy Joes. We won't get into it. But in just kind of a, a rare, I don't know, just a rare chance meeting, right? Like two stars passing in the night, like as if by fate that uh, this <laughs> happened. <laughs> we found a band <laughs> named after Sloppy Joes. <laughs> and they are called The Sloppy Joes. <laughs> <laughs> sloppy joes <laughs> the sloppy joes not just one, like which makes it seem kind of weird too right because like you're saying they're you're plural but then you're singling it out with the so the well, sloppy joe so maybe it's because they're all named joes you know or they're oh, all joe maybe like oh that okay maybe and then they're all really just really sloppy yeah well it doesn't look like that because they all definitely look like they spend oh, really okay there's like one hair. sloppy joe in this picture I'm okay seeing. yeah, yeah there's like pretty pretty unsloppy but yeah so there's one sloppy joe and the others are just the other joes but they couldn't <laughs> be the sloppy joe with the other joes they had to be the sloppy joes yeah it couldn't <laughs> be one sloppy and two average joes <laughs> <laughs> two average joes yeah that's a callback to your halloween costume i like it yeah it is hey look at that <laughs> <laughs> this is the accidental references uh, episode so they have a song called eat sloppy joes and Steve, this is relatable to you because you just ate two sloppy joes. I just ate two sloppy joes before recording. Yes, yeah. yes, I did. But I don't know how this happened because playing this song, like, how did we know it was going to be like a rock genre? Something heavy, joke? right? Like, it could have been any genre of music, and it happened to be something like pretty relatable to metal. Like, that's weird. How does this happen, man? I got something to tell you. Oh my gosh. I can't get over that voice, man. And, and, and the fact that, you know, we know, spoiler alert, we know what's going to come up in the lyrics soon, but yeah. I, I, I don't know. Get some Volbeat in there. Mm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this is when Steve turned it, turned it off. He's like, oh no, no. Total like radio dad rock kind of feel. <laughs> well, dads love Sloppy Joe's. That, yeah. Hey, it's a call to arms. Hey, but you don't, so. He's sloppy yes. Joes. <laughs> sloppy Joes. Oh, my gosh, man. How did we end up on Sloppy Joes? I know we started talking about it because I had said I Steve, was it wasn't a literal it. how did we do it. It was just more oh, of like a, okay. sorry. That was, that was rhetorical. Yes, gotcha. Yes. I'm glad we're on the same page now. <laughs> <laughs> we're two minds, but one shoe. <laughs> and you need two shoes to walk. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah, you do. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. You can follow us on Twitter at MetallurgyCast and on Facebook as Metallurgy Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email guitar at metallurgycast.com or click the submit follow-up link in the show notes. If you've got a minute, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach other headbangers across the globe. If you have questions, thoughts, song or artist recommendations, please let us know. Share the podcast with a friend, and don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes when they drop. 
I have the power. Is it I have or I am the power? I don't even know. No, it definitely has the power. I know he's a power bottom, but no, like, he definitely has the power. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) What'd you say? Buck. Really quick, what album is this? Because I'm saving it. Holographic Universe. Okay. Wait, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. This sounds familiar. Did you use this song already? Shut up. Don't oh, you dare. Oh, no. Come on. Come Don't. on. Oh, we can't. It's all about new stuff. Do you know how hard it was for me to come up with stuff on this Okay, list? fine, fine. I'll let it slide this time. I like music. Music is fun. Music is music. great. Music Music's finds the us. best. Yes. <laughs> it's like the force. <laughs> okay. You just said it binds us. I mean, it's not midi chlorians. It's not like a parasite that lives, you know. I did not say it was like midi chlorians. I said it was was like like the the force. force. Yeah, but we're not talking about midi chlorians. But that's canon, dude. Like, you have to accept that that's canon. The prequels f***ed up on that. Yeah, it was a good session. (laughs) Such a good sesh. Such a good (laughs) sesh. Slap it, Joe. Slap it, slap it, Joe.